really want to encourage you is when you're out and about or you hear about somebody, just pray for them in the name of Yeshua. Even in a restaurant, pray for that server. Pray for that hostess. Pray for somebody who you just see on the streets. And if you just, you sense God is directing you to somebody, respond to that. Amen? Amen. I just want to share a short message today. You know what a preacher says, a short message. You know what that means? Buckle up. <laughs> no, I just want to talk about this particular time of the year. We're in the fall Moedim, the high holidays, the high holy days. And, and we've we had this wonderful trumpet service the other night. It was powerful. And then the next day, several of us went up to um, the mountains at Pine Valley Ranch and blew the shofar and just had a wonderful, wonderful time. And, and then this week, we're, we're, we're coming into Yom Kippur, which is the highest of the holidays and the Day of Atonement and the day that, you know, we make sure that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of, of Life. And, you know, I don't really want to go through all of the scriptures in Leviticus 23. It lists all of the, the feasts and the Shabbat, of course. And the Lord says that, you know what, that these are the appointed times which you are to proclaim as a holy convocation. They're his appointed times. God says they're his appointed times. And the scripture that that I just really felt all week, and I just... In Revelation 22:17, let me read this. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let me say that again. The spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Anybody here thirsty? He says, come. Let, he, let the one who wishes freely take the water of life. This is a season of repentance, and in that place of repentance, God says, draw near to me. That There's a word, a Hebrew word, charov, charov. And, and it's actually where we get the, the word for sacrifice, korban. It actually comes up from the Hebrew word charov, which means to draw near. You see, we always focus on sacrifices. Oh, that's a negative. i got to get rid of something. i got to do something to get rid of something. But Karov kind of gives the heart of God. It says, draw near to me. I am holy. And, and as you draw near to me and you draw closer to me, you'll want to get rid of these things. And his grace, and I talked about this last week, his grace is able and empowers us to not do the things that keep us from coming into his presence. His, his, his grace enables us to be who he's called us to be and to walk into in the power that he's called us to walk into. That's the grace of God. So when he says, come near to me, draw near to me, you know, the sacrifice is, is you know, to bring a living sacrifice. That's us. Bring that to him. And it's not something we need to be fearful of. But it's to be, thank you, Lord, that you give me everything that I need, everything that I need to make it possible 
to be a child of God, to walk in your ways. This is what God is calling us to do. This is a season of Elul that we've been in, the 40 days leading up to Yom Kippur, time of preparation, a time of rendering our hearts, a time of hearing the shofar and leading up to Yom Kippur. God has been speaking and it is speaking and will continue to speak about holiness. Be holy because I am holy. And that used to scare me to death. Wait a minute, you're a holy God. I can never be holy. I can never be holy. And yet God is saying, get rid of these false lovers. Get rid of these other things. That's how you become holy, is getting rid of the things of the flesh, killing the things of the flesh, dying to the things of the flesh, and desiring his kingdom. Where it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Come into his presence with boldness. And the more we come into his presence, the less I want to do those other things of the world. That's the truth. That is a kingdom principle. The more I desire to walk in in his kingdom truth, in his presence, the less I want to do those other things. That's what this season is all about. He calls his people to gather to him. This is his kingdom calendar. And I read in Psalm 24 where he says, Selah, pause, take time as you gather together. Listen to what he is saying. Get rid of distractions. Anybody got any distractions? I know all of you guys are pretty, pretty spiritual. You don't have any distractions in your life, right? Get rid of distractions. Get rid of apathy, lukewarmness, the fear. How many of us really love to go out and witness to people? Yeah, I'm not seeing a whole lot of hands going up. Yeah, I know you do. But most of us kind of like, no, I don't want to do that. I, I don't really have anything to say. You ever feel that way? Yeah. And that God is saying, that's not about you anyways, David. It's not about you anyways. Who's in you? He's got something to say to that person. So this is a season of boldness. And you may kind of... At time, it's, it's uncomfortable to share with people, and it's uncomfortable to, to come out of that apathy. I don't know if the apathy is the right word. Maybe it's just, a, just a, a, a fear, an apprehension about sharing about our God. I tell you what, it, it, it was hard for me when I first became a... Well, when I first became a believer, I was telling everybody, but then I'd get a lot of rejection, and I'd deal with rejection, and I'm like, I don't want to get rejected anymore, so I just won't tell anybody. I'll just hang out with all my Christian buddies and all my friends there that I go to congregation with, and I won't be rejected by them. Well, I get rejected there, too. <laughs> this is the time to get rid of all these distractions, lukewarmness. God is saying to his church, his bride, his ecclesia, his bride, to awaken, to come alive in him. You see all that's going on around us. And he says, be strong, be courageous. How many times? Three times. And probably even said it more than that. But that's all that we have listed. And Joshua Saying that to Joshua, Joshua was a warrior. The guy knew how to do battle. And yet Moses felt like he needed to 
Reassure him. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. God is calling us to get rid of all these distractions. And to look heavenward, because that's where we get our strength. We look upon and we gaze upon the King of glory. I love this where it says that if we've been raised with him in Messiah, keep seeking the things above where Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Focus on the things above, not on the earthly, because you have died and we are now hidden with Messiah, hidden in him with Messiah. I want to read a couple of traditional readings for this particular Shabbat. And uh, so in Hosea, Hosea 14, starting in verse 2. And these are traditionally written, read in the synagogues every Shabbat Shuvah. Starting in verse 2. Return, O Israel, to Adonai your God, for you have stumbled in your iniquity. Take words with you and return to Adonai. Say to him, take away all iniquity and accept what is good, so we may repay with offerings of our lips. Assyria will not save us. We will not ride on horses, and we will never again say our God to the works of our hands. For with you orphans find mercy. I will heal their backsliding. And this is a promise of the Lord. He will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for my anger will turn away from him. I will be like dew for Israel. He will blossom like a lily and, and thrust out his roots like Lebanon. His tender shoots will spread out. His beauty will be like an olive tree, and his fragrance will be like Lebanon. Those dwelling in his shadow will return. They will grow grain and bud like a vine. His renown will be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim, what more idols, what, what more are idols to me? I have responded and observed him. I will be like a luxuriant cypress tree. From me will, will be found your fruit. Who is wise? Let him discern these things. Who is intelligent? Let him know them. For the ways of Adonai are straight, and, just, and the just walk in them, but the wicked stumble in them. The ways of Adonai are straight. And the just walk in them. And then if you turn over a couple of pages to Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 15. And like I said, these are traditional readings in the synagogue for this Shabbat Shuvah. Joel chapter 2, verse 15. Anybody want to blow the shofar? Anybody good at blowing the shofar? I can blow the shofar, but I got to read too, so... All right, Erica, you got a shofar? Do you want to go ahead and use this one? You, come on, use this. It says, blow the shofar in Zion. So hey, go ahead, blow the shofar in Zion. Woo! Amen. <laughs> Proclaim an assembly. 
Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even those nursing at breasts. Let the bridegroom, bridegroom come out from his bedroom and the bride from her chamber. Blow the shofar again. She's getting good at this. Between the porch and the altar, let the, kiddo, the Kohanim, ministers of Adonai, weep and let them say, have pity, Adonai, on your people. Don't make your heritage a scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should the people say, where is their God? Adonai will be zealous for his land and have compassion on his people. Adonai will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you the grain, the new wine, and the fresh oil, and you will be satisfied with it. Amen. I will no longer make you a mockery among the nations, but I will remove the northern invader far from you. Yes, I will banish him to a dry and desolate land, his vanguard into the eastern sea and his rear guard into the western sea. His odor will go up. His, yes, stench will rise, for he has done great things. Do not fear, O land. Be glad. Rejoice, for Adonai has done great things. Do not be afraid, beasts of the field, for the desert pastures have sprouted, for the tree bears its fruits. Fig tree and vine yield their strength. So be glad, children of Zion, and rejoice in Adonai your God, for he gives you the early rain for prosperity. Yes, he will bring down rain for you, the early and latter rain as before. The threshing floors will be full of grain, and the vats will overflow with new wine and fresh oil. I shall restore to you the years that the locusts... I love this promise. Hold on to this promise. I shall restore to you the years that the locust, the swarming locust, the canker worm, and the caterpillar have eaten. My great army that I sent among you. You will surely eat and be satisfied and praise the name of Adonai your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Never again will my people be ashamed for you will know that I am with Israel. Yes, I am Adonai your God. There is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. Hallelujah. One more time. Woo! Amen. Just a few more minutes and then I'm going to invite our dance team to come up and I just want to talk for just, just a bit on Yom Kippur, which is coming up. Matter of fact, I want to read the scriptures that talk about Yom Kippur. In Leviticus chapter 16. Starting in verse 29. It is to be a statute to you forever that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you are to afflict your souls and do no kind of work, both the native-born and the outsider dwelling among you. For on this day, atonement will be made for you to cleanse you from all your sins. You will be clean before Adonai. 
It is a Shabbat of solemn rest to you. And you are to afflict your souls. It is a statute forever. The Kohen who is anointed and who is consecrated to be Kohen in his father's place will make the atonement and put on the linen garments, the holy garments. He used to make atonement for the holy sanctuary, for the tent of meeting, for the altar, for the Kohanim, and for all the people of the assembly. It's a day of humbling. Yom Kippur is a day where we embrace the work of the cross. Yeshua fulfilled the day of atonement by the shedding of his blood. So let me ask a question. Do we need to observe Yom Kippur? Everybody kind of shaking their heads. Okay. You know, that's a question that, you know, is it, is it, does everybody need to? I personally believe yes. And I believe every day is a Yom Kippur that we acknowledge Yeshua as our atonement. But I believe that it is so important. And I really would love to see the church embrace this. As I would love to see the church embrace the Shabbat. As I would love to see the church embrace all the feasts. But this is such an important day as we acknowledge. And it's a time of, of corporate repentance. How often in our midst do we have a time of corporate repentance? Corporate confession of our sins. And yet the scriptures talk about this to do this in perpetuity. And to, to do this continually throughout your generations. So as a Jew, I believe this is really important for us to celebrate the feasts, and to especially Yom Kippur. It's, it's, not, it's not a salvation issue to observe the feast, but it is an inheritance issue. I believe it gives, it's a blessing when we do what God commands us to do. And there's just something that's, that's part of the inheritance that we have. I remember when we've done this Yom Kippur, we've done our Kol Nidre services, and for people it's the first time. And they've, we read through all the vows that need to be broken, and we confess our sins, and people said, I've never done this publicly before. There's something powerful in this. And I really believe when, the, when the, the, the ecclesia, when the church grabs a hold of the importance of public confession, the church will be radically changed. I really believe that. Yeshua is our final atonement. Besides the Passover, I believe that Yom Kippur is probably the highest and, and most uh, important of all of the feasts. All of the feasts are important. It's, it's hard to rate which ones are most important, but with the, the actual Kol Nidre and the fast, it's a time of drawing close to the Lord. And as Messianics, we recognize and we celebrate Yeshua as our Kippur, our atonement. Another thing that takes place at Yom Kippur is that God seals us in his judgments. He seals his judgments for his people for the coming year. And we celebrate in the permanent sealing in us of the, the Ruach HaKodesh that seals us in him. See, we enter into a covenant with him. 
And the sign of that covenant is the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit coming into us. It's an opportunity to break all vows. How many of us make vows? You know, we do that all the time. We speak words. And some of these are well-intentioned. But God says, be careful what you make these oaths to. Be careful what you make vows to. And it's an opportunity to search our hearts and to break off those things. But the thing about Yom Kippur, it's humility it's, it's about the gospel. And humility is the center of the gospel. Humility is the center of the gospel. That's where he says, humble your souls. You know, the word in Hebrew for humility is anav, anav. And it's also used in agricultural terms when they would plow the furrows in the fields. It was the lowest point so that the water would run through that. And anav is also a word, it's when we kneel before the Lord in humility, taking that lowest place. That's what humility is all about. That's what the gospel, that's what Yeshua was the humblest person that ever lived. It's the low spot to allow the water. And the water of the Holy Spirit moves freely through us when we take that place of humility, when we walk in humility. It's a picture of one who has lost his own life and become one with the object of our focus. To become one with the object of our worship, Yeshua. He's calling us to get rid of all these false lovers, to get rid of all the the stuff that distracts us, to come into his place of presence and to, to focus on him. See, the bride embraces, and we are the bride. The bride embraces the work of Messiah on the cross. He did it. He took the punishment. He took our sins. He took our death upon himself. The only one who can do it, the precious Lamb of God. And we need to embrace the work of Messiah on the cross. And we remember this during the Yom Kippur. And also, it's an opportunity for us to despise, to despise the enemies of the cross. We're to despise the enemies of the cross. And what are some of the enemies of the cross? What are some of the enemies of us really coming coming into the presence of the Lord? What are the enemies of the cross? Just throw out some answers. Pride. Pride is probably number one. Pride, it's written PR with I right in the middle of it. It's all about me. Pride is the inability to be known for who we really are. Pride is an enemy of the cross. Hypocrisy is an enemy of the cross. Saying, do this, but you doing something totally different. We see so much hypocrisy in the world today. It just makes me sick with all the hypocrisy we see. Shame, unbelief. Sowing seeds of disunity. These are enemies of the cross. In Hebrew, is Lashan Hara. Or using truthful words, but in a wrong, for a wrong purpose. It's an opportunity at, at Yom Kippur to, you know, with the, 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 two, the two goats, the Chatat, Chatat Adonai, the one for the Lord, 
and then the scapegoats. We put our sins, the people of Israel would put their sins on the, on the, um, the scapegoat and it would go under the wilderness never to be seen again. But then the other goat was sacrificed and the priest put his hands on the, on the goat as he sacrificed it. This represents our sins. We are set free by the last shofar blast. And Leviticus chapter 25, verse 9 and 10, it says, You shall then sound a ram's horn abroad on the tenth day of the seventh month on the day of atonement. You shall sound a horn all through your land. You shall thus consecrate the 50th year and proclaim a release through the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Yom Kippur is a day of choices. It's a day of choices. It's an opportunity to check our heart, to tweak our lifestyles, to, 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 to make sure that our life comes into congruence with him. And it prepares us for habitation because following Yom Kippur is Sukkot, and I love Sukkot. Sukkot is the final gathering of the harvest. The people live in dwell in, dwelling in Sukkot. We're going to be doing that. And it's a time of intimacy. It's a time of habitation. And God wants us to be holy. He wants us to be rid of all these other things so that we can have that habitation because that's what he's after during it at this time. Amen?